Hi! I just finished watching a memorial service of a friend of ours, um, our sweet friend Caseroni. He was two years old. He passed away due to a um, congenital heart disease. My daughter also is a child living with CHD. And Case needed many different surgeries throughout his life, many. And as I just listened to in his memorial service, he was in the hospital his first eight months of life. Rose was in the hospital somewhere around her first four, four and a half months of life. Case had many, many surgeries, and I followed his page on Facebook daily. So I do remember having some thoughts like, oh my gosh, how can that baby go through all that? And wow, how does that mama just stay bedside in the hospital day by day? How do they do it? I also had inspiration. Well, they can do it, so so can I. (laughs) Lisa became a good friend. And we would um, talk frequently, mostly on Messenger. And she, I, I don't know if she knew. I don't even know if I knew. Um, but when I look back at it, I was a little bit in the dumps. <laughs> Woe is me. Not that fun. Um, I was very excited to get Rose the care she needed. And I was all in. I was 100%. No looking back. No well, maybe chest compressions would hurt her. I I wasn't. I wasn't there. And I praise the Lord for that because I was very clear that Rose would have full intervention. Um, so that, that was a gift from God. I was very clear on that. I did not have any gray area on that. But what I did need help on was how to have grace and joy in the mundane hard, scary, fearful times of your little neonate baby being in critical care. It's a very serious time. It's a very hard time. Then you add on top of it the needing to be watchdog of their cares and defending your child's life. Um, You're just maybe a little intense and prickly and angry. So Lisa and Case were such a light. I remember a time where Lisa was talking about Case having one of his appendages. I believe one of his hands had an extra finger, an extra appendage, which for trisomy 13, that I I believe, you know, many parents are prepared for. I don't want to say it's common because I don't know enough about it. Um, it wasn't our issue with Rose and her T18, but um, I, I have heard that be an issue for, for trisomy 13. She was just so candid and like um, genuinely in love with her son that she could just take us all through the experience. And I remember she was just like, oh, I just want to leave it. Like, oh man, it's part of him. (laughs) And then she'd say, guys, it's turning black. And this is big stuff that, you know, um, your typical person might kind of turn their nose up at. Like, why is that being talked about on Facebook? We don't. 
we're medical parents. I think recently I'm getting extremely angry when the medical profession um, gets snobby or elitist or um, acts like this stuff can't be handled or addressed because that's our job. I look to the parents and with what grace and um, love and excitement that they take their child's life and they make it and I am just inspired. Case's family fell on a side much like my family where we are all in and sometimes it is so nice to be around those people. Um, It is so nice to celebrate life with them and it's so nice to discuss um, inside jokes about hospital life and how they appreciate quality care and how we honor children's medicine and we expect to be honored within it. And it's just so nice. It's like, those are my people. It's really nice. Um, To the parents that have not been there yet, to the parents that have not sought medical care, um, a mom I recently was just talking to said, you know, how, how can I do this? How can I step into a world where I know nothing and all these specialists know everything more than me? And um, I just want to tell you this. You can. You will learn fast, fast. Um, That's my daughter's feed bump. Her feed is done. (laughs) You can just let that, you know, God will just do amazing things within you. You will just be able to absorb things you never thought you could. You'll be able to hold people accountable. People that have been studying and been working in children medicine day in, day out for years, decades. You'll be able to go toe-to-toe with them and hold them accountable for what they say and for what they do. Um, and so I think a lot of that is God. I think He anoints us. And then, he, I'm sorry, I think He appoints us. You are now appointed the physician of a parent of a rare trisomy child. And then He will anoint us, anoint us with oil and make us ready for the task, which absolutely happens. Because if I really add up the times that Rose has been in the hospital, um, my gosh, I'll have to do a better job of it, but I did it the other night and I was pretty baffled. I think like seven months. How in the world could I feel so comfortable with um, our situation in the hospital? And this is not just going in for a cold or going in for routine procedures. This is, we have been in critical, critical care. It has to be God, but being the vessel, I can tell you, it's wonderful. I think that God can give us talents and take talents away and give us talents for a time. And um, there's some faith that you're just going to have to trust that God has appointed you and he will anoint you. I see Lisa and Eric at their memorial today, and I think, how in the world could I ever let go? How in the world could I come up with the color scheme, the theme, the bubbles, the slideshow, the music? 
And you know what? God will be there and he'll lead me. And I think parents with rare trisomy kids are consulting the wrong people when it comes to honoring their child's life. I think we need to look to each other as parents who are actually doing the task. I just learned so much today from watching Case's Memorial. And we're going to live big. You know, I thought we already were because we speak life for Rose. We have this miracle child that would be dead if we put her entire life into medical care hands. Since we are inspired by children living and since we allowed their grace and faith and joy to permeate our fear and our naive minds, we get the gift of our daughter being alive. I, I would like to um, encourage all parents that are beginning on this journey to be open to being shaped, to be open to your world being turned upside down, to be open to all the new life, new experiences, new relationships, new conflict, new victories that are going to come into your life. Because... It is awesome. I get angry and afraid and scared about the standard of care that is just snatching up these pregnant women and speaking doom and gloom for our children. I have had mothers and doctors and counselors. Well, I wouldn't say counselors, but like peer counselors. And individuals who have chosen comfort care. Who do feel going above and beyond is cruel and wrong. I've I've had them confront me. And I would like to say this. Comfort care is a big, big word. It's a huge spectrum. There might be a day. There might be a day that that life is for us. It's not today. And I believe it is pushed too soon, too hard, and too frequently for our kids. And I have two goals. One is to speak life for T18, and the other is to get our foot in the door for fair care. And I can only talk to so long for people that feel that's wrong. It's it's like if you are not racist. If you do not think it is appropriate for people to be segregated based on their color of their skin. And you spent hours and hours and hours hearing someone's point of view that they feel they should. That they feel different schools, different restaurants, different communities different laws, different rights, just based on the color of your skin. I mean, you really wouldn't want to talk to that person for very long <laughs> because it's just so wrong. Well, 
Now that I've literally seen children medicine, children getting good care, children getting surgeries, children getting the correct combo of medicines, children getting breath support at home, children getting therapies, children heading off to Disneyland in parks and swimming and laughing and getting tucked in at night by their parents and having a favorite toy and loving their siblings and bringing joy to their family and having a impact on this world bigger than most will ever have in their entire life. I cannot condone scaring pregnant moms out of care for their kid. I can't. I think the most basic thing I want to tell parents when they're on that um, fence and they're trying to decide what in the world to do. Your child most likely will be like a preemie. Our children have inner uterine growth delay. Our children are born um, underdeveloped, not at their developmental stage, needing support. That's okay. Guess why that's okay? It's 2019. We know how to treat a baby born at 26-week gestation. We know how to treat a baby born at 32-week gestation. We got it. We know it. We know how to intubate a child so that they can breathe. We know how to resuscitate a child if we were lazy or slow getting to their needs. We know how to feed a child that struggles swallowing. We know how to feed and grow a tiny baby so that they can grow strong. We have many specialists and surgeons and opportunities to treat. And it is segregation, discrimination, and prejudice. If you say, well, yeah, we could do that, but it's a T18. It's wrong. It's wrong. And I must let people know if you ever had a preemie or if you can go talk to a friend that has or you talk to people that are medical parents there's a whole side of us that do not have any doubt that our child receives these cares and then we're living it we're walking the walk okay my daughter's life matters my daughter's life will be celebrated And for me today, in honor of Case, I'm going to speak life, I'm going to speak joy, and I just watched a memorial service for a little boy who spent the first eight months of his life in a hospital, and then 15 months home with his family. He changed them forever, he's a part of their family forever. They wish he was here. They gracefully let him go. They met every medical, therapeutic, developmental, relational need that child has. And I am honored to call them friends. And Lisa and Case and Eric and Ali Joe and Montana, all your siblings and all your Um, families and aunties and uncles you have forever changed me I don't think I share Rose as graciously as Lisa shared Case 
and I need to. And that's hard. And I have lots of hurdles and lots of emotional hurdles. Um, But I'll tell you, none of them are what those perinatologists and uh, prejudiced surgeons and naive, ignorant people who looked to a textbook or the poor studies done on our children and started telling me what my life would be if my daughter lived. It's not their place. It is not their place. It's a struggle for me to find my place. I have had um, people in the medical world tell me to back off and know my place. And I'm gonna tell them something. I'm in a club or in a special club or in a family or the trisomy families that are full intervention and full care. We celebrate all our children. When we lose a child, we cry, we're so sad, and we're so joyful as well. Because that life was here, and that life we all enjoyed. And uh, we all learn from each other, we all love each other. That is something a doctor could never understand. I'm not too sure what they were trying to protect me from, but like I said, there's lots of struggles in this journey, a lot, and I'm growing and maturing through them and learning, and then I hope to help others too, but none, none of their worries are mine. Rose suffering because she was intubated or having a rib cracked because she had chest compressions were not my worry. Not my worry at all. Rose having full heart repair and needing a good three weeks to recover. That was a gift, not a curse. It was a gift, a gift. My children being unenrolled from school uh, getting flack from from my my ex on custody just because he didn't know. Scared battles I had to fight to defend my family, putting Rose first. They didn't prepare me for those. They didn't discuss those with me. They don't know those <laughs> because they're not medical parents. They know the medical life. They may have helped little children and seen hard things. And I'm sorry that they have. But the trauma that they've experienced is not to be put onto my daughter to where it denies her life-saving care. We have a team of people that look out after Rose and they know life and they have seen children be helped and they are here to bring their A-game to us in their specialty. And then we accept or don't accept those for Rose. We are not a rock solid diagnosis in child medicine and I need parents to know this. You need to assert your rights and you need to consult, leave poor care, praise, refer, help the good care, help others know about them 
and then you need to get your dukas home. <laughs> I'm saying this to myself. Get your butt home and live your life. Live it. Smile, swim, jump, laugh, play, travel, do it. The challenge of fatigue is big for me. I also have to conserve my energy. I loved in cases, memorial, they mentioned something about routine. And I think that's wonderful. And sometimes when I think we're hiding from the world and caving and not living enough, I realize we are having our routine with Rosie in it. And that's gorgeous too. That's beautiful. I want to say in honor of Case, I speak life for rare trisomy. Case had trisomy 13. Case was a CHD warrior. Case had successful heart repair, which took him to a place of being stable and healthy and capable for 15 months at home with his parents. His eight months when he was young and his few months um, towards the end of his life in the hospital, they created a world, a family, a life, and a lot of joy. I hope that parents that are starting on this journey can put fear in its place and let it be the kind of awesome fear because you know how special this is. Let it be the kind of focused um, tension that we get when we know we're carrying out an important task. My love to you all, always here for you. Many have been there for me and still are, and I wish you all the best. Kay Strong, we love Lisa, Eric, Kay's family. Um, wish you all the best today.